0: Today's Gospel reading is a study in contrasts. On the one hand, we have Jesus, a child about 40 days old. 40 days was the minimum amount of time Mary had to wait before going to the temple after his birth. And on the other hand, we have Simeon and Anna, both of whom are elders in their community. First, we meet Simeon. Simeon, the tradition goes, was an old man who was waiting for what Luke calls the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel just means Israel's redemption. Because Simeon and his contemporaries, Joseph, Mary, Jesus, all the disciples, lived under the narcissistic tyranny of Herod. Herod who ruled with economic exploitation, militaristic fear, and indifference toward those most in need. But Simeon had been told it wouldn't always be that way. God told him someday Israel would be redeemed and that things would be different. And more than that, Luke says, God told Simeon he would not die before he saw God's redemption coming into the world. And so Simeon went to the temple every day in hopeful expectation. Now that hopeful expectation would have put Simeon out of step with many of his neighbors Because the easier thing to do is accommodate Herod. You say, well, maybe Herod has some good ideas. You put up with the bad to get the good. Or just give in to outright resignation. Yeah, Herod's bad, but what are you going to do about it? Simeon resists both of those impulses. Simeon holds out that God's intention for the people is not just getting used to Herod, but actively expecting hoping for and even demanding something better. So Simeon's been camped out in the temple every day because as soon as this child comes in, Simeon wants to be the first to see. And second, we meet Anna. Like Simeon, she's also elderly, 84 years old to be exact. And she's in the temple for a slightly different reason. Likely because it was safe. And when people go to the temple, they tend to be generous. Luke tells us her husband died many decades ago, just seven years into her marriage. And normally, a widow would be passed to her son's household to be taken care of, but if you didn't have a son, you were probably left on your own. So Anna didn't just visit the temple, she practically lived there. Luke says that she never left it, because it was safe. It was a kind of sanctuary. So just like Simeon, Anna waits in the temple day after day, waiting for something to change. And no surprise, when the infant Jesus shows up, Simeon and Anna are both overjoyed. Simeon grabs Jesus from Mary's arms, which Mary must have found impossibly grating, and starts singing God's praises. And likewise, Anna praises God and goes around telling everyone in the temple about this child she met. And it's possible to hear this story as a straight-up, major key, Jesus is here, isn't this great celebration. But there's something that makes their celebrations a little bit strange and much more profound. Simeon alludes to it when he says that God is dismissing him in peace. In other words, Simeon feels like now that he's finally seen this child, he can die. And that's exactly the point. Neither Simeon nor Anna will actually see the redemption this child heralds. By the time Jesus is baptized, by the time he feeds 5,000, by the time he's crucified and rises from the dead, Simeon and Anna will both be dead. Simeon and Anna celebrate the arrival of God's redemption, but the truth is that neither one of them will live to see it. Jesus is not going to make either one of their lives any better. Simeon will spend the rest of his days living under the same oppressive rule of Herod, and Anna will spend the rest of her life in the temple depending on other people's generosity. So why do they celebrate the way they do? This child is not going to make their lives any better, but why do they celebrate his arrival? Because Simeon and Anna remember that it's all about God's promise— only God's promise creates something new that you can trust in. Herod can't do that. Herod deals an executive fiat. No sooner does Herod speak a word than his cronies go out and make it happen. Herod maintains control over people like Simeon, not by lifting them up or improving their lives, but by gaslighting them again and again. And the system Anna's been failed by isn't trustworthy either. You get passed from person to person, household to household, and at some point you run out of options. The safety net becomes a safety thread, and when it breaks, you end up in the temple fasting all day, whether you want to be fasting or not. In a world that says there's not enough to go around, God's promise says there is enough to go around. In a world that's closing itself off, doors shutting one after the other, God's promise creates a new reality for them to depend on. And that promise moves Simeon and Anna to a particular kind of celebration. Because they're not celebrating for themselves, they're celebrating how this child will change the lives of others. This is a weird kind of celebration because so often our default setting is to view things in terms of us. To think things become real and urgent insofar as they affect me. But when we view the world that way, when we mistake the immediacy of our own experience for its importance, we turn life into a zero-sum game. We act like there's a finite amount of good in the world, and if someone is getting more of that, then I must be getting less. This is so ingrained in us, we often don't even notice it anymore. The other day, I was watching CNBC at the gym. I was also exercising. I wasn't just watching CNBC at the gym. But they have this fancy graphic that swipes right before they cut to commercial. And the tagline on the bottom of the screen is, CNBC, get yours. And the obvious subtext is, get yours, or someone else who doesn't deserve it will take it from you. That's the way Herod thinks. Herod thinks if someone below me gets any more agency over their lives, then I must be losing power. That's the way the system that failed Anna works. People are a burden, so just pass them off to somebody else. And it would be easy to imagine Simeon and Anna responding to Jesus the same way. I've been in the temple God knows how long, and I don't get to see this redemption. When am I going to get mine? But what does God's promise do for Simeon and Anna? It breaks them out of that spiral. And when they see the promise of redemption coming into the lives of others, they celebrate. Because they trust there's enough grace for everyone. The fact that they won't live to see this redemption doesn't dampen their spirits. In fact, it does the exact opposite. They see that when more people are included in God's love and kingdom, it doesn't cheapen it, it makes it stronger. It makes it better. Look at what Simeon says about Jesus when he comes in. He calls Jesus a glory to your people Israel. This makes sense. Israel's been expecting Jesus. And then he calls Jesus a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Which if you have a zero-sum view of the world, if you think like Herod does, then you say, why do we have to get Gentiles involved in this? Gentiles haven't been spending every day in the temple. Gentiles don't even know what a Messiah is. A Messiah who's for everybody is a Messiah who's for nobody. But what does Simeon say? My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. So the fact this Messiah is for the Gentiles doesn't mean it's worth less to Simeon. It means it's worth more than he could have ever imagined. God's promise to Simeon and Anna and also us breaks them out of that zero-sum view of the world and leads them into the greatest form of joy, the joy we feel when we experience the good fortune of others as if it were our own. And when we meet Jesus at table this day in this meal, God's promise does the same thing. The invitation to that meal is always open because the meal shows forth a new way of life, A way of life that resists the endlessly competitive, zero-sum, get-yours ways of the world. A meal where there is always enough. A meal where the unexpected guests make the celebration even richer. A meal where we celebrate the redemption of others as if it were our own. So come, take, and eat. And see the salvation that God is preparing in the presence of all peoples.